You are listening to selfdiscoveryradio.com with an orchard of wisdom just ready for your picking, filled with illuminating, inspiring stories. Do check out the community and the discovery stores. We are here for you. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Their Story Matters. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today is Anushka. There's going to be a three-part series here, and it's all about trauma and mental stress and just the way we look at abuse today in relationships, how it affects our children, what we can do about it. The part one is with Anushka, and the next one is with a lovely lady called Sarah, and then I'll be putting the two of them together, and we'll be speaking then to the whole demographics of what abuse does. But today it's uh, <laughs> it's about narcissistic, psychopathic, um, schizophrenic relationships, and I think every single one of us, somewhere along the line, can relate to that. I think we've all been in them. We, of course, we didn't go into them intending to be in them, but next thing you know, that's what the relationship has become. Is it because we are sending out an aura or a vibration to attract that? Are we kind of giving our power away? Um, is it because people don't know any better? They're going by the teachings that they see in the media or what they've been brought up in the home? We really, really, really need to look at our relationships today and we need to understand where they come from. Anushka is the founder of Balance Psychologies. It's a brand where recovery and well-being at the heart of everything that she does. She's a trainee psychologist and her specialization is in narcissistic, psychopathic and uh, schizophrenic um, uh, relationships and she knows them <laughs> and she deals with them and uh, I'm sure again you, you do too so let's take the journey. Today it is about the relationships that we go into as I said next week it will be how it affects our children then the third one will be the whole demographic of not just the family but the ricochet and the ripple effect of how it affects society. So Let's dive right into this because there's a lot to cover. Welcome to the show, Anushka. Hello, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure, my darling. My pleasure. This is a hot topic. Um, yes. We are seeing this really relevant in the news now, especially in North America. Um, yes. You know, you have uh, political leaders that definitely can go by this title. Um, you have mm. people in power in the movie industry. And we're just seeing this, you know, domino effect of this kind of behavior being out there at the present moment. But for the audience, let us break down what each one of these particular names really represents because we see these words being thrown out there but I don't think truly everybody actually understands what they actually mean so would you break those words down for us please have absolutely I mean there's been so much media frenzy around narcissism and and um, psychopathic um, tendencies that you're absolutely right these words are thrown around and without kind of really understanding what they actually mean um if we look at it, um, psychopathic, sociopathic and narcissistic, they're all personality disorders. I mean, they're all grouped under um, that classification in the DSM, which is the Diagnostic Statistics Manual. And that's something that um, mental health professionals go by in terms of categorizing which mental health problems somebody has when they go under um, an assessment. So in particular, we are talking about narcissistic personality disorder. And 
the thing is that the narcissistic personality disorder is very characteristic. Like I said, they're they're all personality disorders and they will all follow certain characteristic uh, um, traits as well. So if we look at narcissism, that personality disorder, it's characterized by a long term pattern of abnormal behavior. And these are um, things to look out for is exaggerated feelings of self-importance, a need for admiration. And there's also a very low level of understanding of empathy, you know, where there's a lack of understanding of somebody else's feelings. Um, they, these type of people, they spend a long time thinking about, you know, about themselves. They're quite selfish, you know, achieving power and being you know, at the top of the hierarchy, um, and very much about their appearance. Um, these are just some of the traits. They're not all of them. Um, certainly one, one characteristic traits that is very much resonated throughout the mental health classifications that you've mentioned, Sarah, is the lack of empathy. And that's something that is very much um, characterizing cluster B personality disorders. Mm-hmm. Uh, we certainly see a great deal of that. I think when somebody's caught up in the me, myself and I, they, yeah. they cannot connect to anyone else's feelings because everything revolves around their needs. And yes. a great deal of this, as I always say, you know, this kind of narcissistic behavior, there's always a little person inside crying out to be loved. It's, yes. it's, it really is somebody who's incredibly insecure with who they are, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Yes, it is. It usually stems from um, childhood abuse. Now, that doesn't have to be, you know, sexual abuse. It's right. very much it's very much emotional abuse. Everybody, I can hand on heart say this, but everybody who has a personality disorder would have been emotionally abused in childhood. But then um, there is that other side of it where children have been sexually abused in childhood. And usually these children do go on to develop either personality disorders or schizophrenia. Hmm. As a defense? is it? Is it... De- it kind of... The way that I understand it is where the child, for if we're talking about sexual abuse, at the time of when this, this abuse is happening, the child um, doesn't really understand what is going on for them emotionally. I mean, what they do feel is they know that it's wrong. They have this negative, this very bad feeling, but they don't really fully understand the implications of this, of this type of abuse. And so, yes, they do go on to then try to, to, to have these defense mechanisms in place so that they can protect themselves. Um, but what happens is you've got to understand that when somebody suffers this type of trauma, um, certainly if anybody, even as an adult, suffers trauma, they become frozen as if frozen in time. And for a child, they become frozen in development mm-hmm. as well. It's, it's like what that song uh, or that group was called, Arrested Development. You know, and mm-hmm. that's what it is. It's this, it's this, it's this frozen in time. And we become, for example, we become um, cognitively mature at the age of 25. So our brain doesn't stop developing, actually, until 25 years of age. And unfortunately, from then, it's a decline all the way down. <laughs> um, it is. But if we, if we look at this, so... 
if we look at this, say, for example, children under the age of 10, if you can imagine what's going on, you know, the child hasn't even begun to develop emotional intelligence at that point. Um, you know, that's usually becomes kind of um, after 10 years of age. And um, if this is ha- if this sexual abuse is happening to a child, you know, they all the body's resources, you know, all the when when the brain is growing and, and for example, neural pathways are developing when a child is suffering this trauma these neural de- pathways become, they stop because all the resources are, are taken or, or delivered to the other part of the body so that the ch- child can overcome. It kind of goes into a survival mode. Yeah. And so this is why the deficits then are evident um, as the child then approaches adolescence and adulthood because they have no um, or very little emotional understanding. And that then translates into having low levels of empathy as well. You know, we've had um, here in North America, I'm in Canada, so this this recently was in America, more shootings, yeah. more school shootings. And, yeah. uh, you know, this time, you know, the person didn't get killed. He actually came out with one of the kids and went off and got a hamburger after killing 17 kids. And yeah. apparently his parents had just died and he was with um, other parents, you know, the foster parents. And um, the fact that they kept guns in the house knowing he was depressed, but, you know, that's another issue. Um, but, you know, he, he went off and killed 17 people, injured numerous others, went and got a hamburger. I mean, this is an absolute classic case of somebody that's completely and utterly detached from empathy. And so one yes. has to look at, one, uh, at his childhood because you don't just become like that. This is something no. that you, you know, you are becoming as you grow older. And if that love and that empathy and that nurturing, nurturing is so important in childhood, it isn't is. it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, empathy isn't something that you're born with. Empathy mm. is something that is taught. Um, you very much, it's, it's a learnt, um, you can even look at it as a learnt behaviour. Um, so if, if there was low levels of this, and certainly if there was emotional abuse and sexual abuse happening in that child's early um, life, then this, this child then that goes on to develop into an adult will have very, very low levels, if at all, any empathy, because it's about understanding somebody else's feelings. Yeah. They haven't even learned how to actually understand their own, have they? Um, yes. You know, and when we talk about abuse, yes, there could be the physical abuse, the verbal abuse, the sexual abuse, but then there's another abuse that we're seeing but nobody talks about is neglect. Yes, yes, absolutely. And that's where that's where the, the um, infant's or the child's needs not being met. And this is, to be honest with you, this is our birthright. We have a right to have our basic needs met. And when a child doesn't have that, you can then only imagine what happens to that child as it goes into adulthood, as it goes on to develop. They're not able to, they they do go on to have relationships. And in many cases, they do have their own children. And this is where the problems start because it, it, it takes them back to their own childhood and they then repeat those behaviors. Mm. Yes, um, there, there was somebody once said, I can't remember where I heard this, but it was people going into an orphanage, I think in, in China. And yes. she said that she walked into one room where all the babies were. And then the one thing she realized the whole time she was there, no babies cried. They'd been crying so much for attention to be picked up, to be held, you know, yes. right from the birth that now they just stopped crying. You know, that disconnect, there was no human connection so they have stopped yeah. crying, and it's just we don't realize, you know, you know, when when a baby is crying, we pick it up to 
to comfort it. It's not just about changing it or feeding it. It's the, that child in those arms. We don't realize how much this is feeding the soul, the psyche, the spirit, um, the DNA of that child. It's really important, isn't it? It's absolutely important. It's what makes us humans, mm. human. I really believe that. And, and you're absolutely right. I mean, those children, those babies were conditioned that whether you cry or you don't cry, nobody's going to come and give you that comfort. Mm. And you see, and, and this is very significant of, of narcissistic personality disorder. There becomes a splitting within the person, within the child. And like you said before, it is very much a defense mechanism. Um, but also it's a defense mechanism against their own self. So they become split in their psyche and their emotional needs and very much so their spiritual needs. Yes. Um, you see, and, and as, as they go, as the, as the child then develops, what the child does is it becomes accustomed to its environment. So, for example, if the child's needs are not being met, so, for example, let's take the children at this orphanage. I'm not saying that they would have a personality disorder, but I'm just using them as an example. Um, they then detach from, their, from themselves, um, understanding that their, their primary needs are not going to be met. And they then um, go on to develop this false sense of self because um, what they then think is that, oh, my primary caregivers are going to notice me. So if I adapt my behavior, if I adapt who I am, I will get noticed and I will get that love because a child's need, a primary need is to, is to experience love, is to have that nurture. And that's why it is so important. And that's where this splitting really genuinely comes from. There was a couple of movies that um, one I grew up with and the other one came later in life. And one was The Three Faces of Eve um, with uh, yes. Joanne Woodward. And it's about a girl who was uh, made uh, to kiss her grandfather in the coffin goodbye. And it traumatized her so much. And she developed three personalities. And, of course, then the Sybil who I think had 26 personalities in there. Yes. And I've yes. also interviewed somebody who had many, many personality disorders, and she's been working yes. on, on you know, them coming and amalgamating into one. And I think this yes. is another defense thing we do, isn't it? We step yes. into something else because it's a yes. way of protecting. And uh, I suppose the bigger the trauma, the more the personalities. Yes, absolutely. It, it is. It's a, it's a defense mechanism because the child thinks that, oh, my mum and dad don't like me the way I am like this. If I change, then they will like me. Yeah. So I'm not likable as this person. But you know what? I guess if we all, we, all, we all do this in some respects, not probably to a pathological level, but we all do this. Think about like pictures that we post on Facebook or on Instagram. We're never going to post the ones where we are absolutely drunk and look a mess and our hair is windswept <laughs> exactly. and we've fallen out of a taxi on the way home. No one's going to post those. Right. But we will post the ones where we look in a lovely new outfit, you know, with, with our heels on. You know, we are going to post those type of pictures. So I guess in a way you can call it method acting. Uh -huh. and, and that's very much where they are. But with narcissists, there is a bit more of an insidious nature there. They will literally step into the role, um, so to speak. Um Freud actually called this, there's like a, there's a split between the affectionate and the, the real self, you know, so there's no, there's, it, he was the first one that basically coined um, this term and it's called, um, you know, the Oedipal complex. 
um, and the castration anxiety as well. I'm not going to go into that because that's like a whole other show. But um, <laughs> it's it's about um, it's about feeling these feelings of affection towards your parents because they're the they're our first yeah. kind of um, understanding of what love is and bonding. Um, an affection is and if if you've got to understand if this person if this child doesn't have it they then become they then become kind of dysfunctional in the way that they then kind of have a relationship um, or or a friendship in that matter going forward in life well, and so yeah no no absolutely so this so this, it's, it's basically where this maternal or parental intimacy has been unmet in childhood so really, when you're getting into a relationship with someone, you're getting into a relationship with their inner child. And if yeah. you really want to know how that relationship is going to be, you need to understand their childhood. You know, uh, they're nurturing their yeah. family dynamics. And that doesn't mean you walk away, but it does mean you actually understand where they're coming from, because they are going to be a product of their upbringing. Absolutely. Uh, but... The only thing is, is when you do get into a relationship with these types of personality types, it's very difficult to actually um, understand or ask or, or anything like that because they never tell the truth. They actually don't disclose this because this is something that is shameful and they feel a lot of shame. And so that, that's, where the, that's where these defense mechanisms come from. Uh, that's not, I don't know anything. That's not my past. This mm. is who I am. Because remember, they're, they're method acting. They are trying to be somebody else because they want you to like them. And it's a clever thing that they do because what they do actually do is they, it's something called mirroring where they will actually pretend to like the same things that you do. So then you feel, oh, my gosh, I have found, like, the perfect partner. They're mm -hmm. amazing. And you're thinking, oh, my gosh, I've met my soulmate. Um, and many people, many of my clients have even said, oh, I, I thought that this person was my soulmate. Um, and, and that's what they do because they're mirroring who you are. Right. Because, because if they mirror who you are to you, you're going to like them. Exactly. So they're acting. And it's this illusion of, of intimacy. This, they create this, you know, some people call it the false facade. And that's what it is. It's a facade. It's a, they're an actor. You don't actually ever... Um, discover or ever able to un uncover who they really are until it's too late. So how do you, knowing that, you know, um, when you meet somebody and, you know, looking to have a relationship, you know, how are there any bells and whistles? Are there any warning signs? Are there any particular things that you should actually ask? You know, because... You know, you're saying they're so good at this. And, of course, you, you're feeling, ah, oh, you know, I've got somebody who understands me because, as you said, they're mirror mirroring you. But how yes. do you know? Because they truly and utterly believe who they are in that time. I mean, they're not doing this to deceive you. They truly believe they are that person. Yes, 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 they do. They do. Um, this is the thing is when you do meet um, somebody like this I mean they do present as I mean they're very charming if it's mm. a male narcissist they are very charming yep. um, usually usually they're very good looking because they've paid a lot of attention into their appearance mm. you could also get um, the 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 ones where they they are very good at for example um, showing knowledge and so they do charm you with with their knowledge as well so it's not just looks it could be both so then 
you know, they have really accustomed the act, so to speak. Um, but with a woman, it's very much seduction and it's very much, she's very sexy. And again, it's to do with looks as well. Remember, they will mold themselves into whoever you want them to be, mm. meaning um, whoever you want your soulmate to be. These are all unconscious processes. So they're not going to say to you, oh, hi, I'm just going to be a carbon copy of who you want me to be. These are all unconscious. But there are telltale signs um, to look out for. I think um, the first one is is if somebody is too good to be true, they really are too good to be true. <laughs> <Yes>. Okay. <laughs> we <laughs> all have flaws. <laughs> we all have flaws. But if they are presenting this grandiose sense of self, um, I think in some cases it can be transparent. But remember, these are these are people who who will do this because it depends on their survival. And for them to be able to secure a partner means everything for them. Um, because the reason why they do this is because they cannot bear to be on their on, on their own. Um, for them, they see it as a failure. They see it that nobody wants them, nobody likes them, and it takes them back into their childhood where it was so dysfunctional, and it reminds them of reminds them of that. And that's where it hurt. The pain is so much for them that they 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 are kind of like the way that I call them is like people collectors. They need people. They yes. can't be without people. They hate the fact that they need to be around people, but they, but they need them. They need them for this gratification, for this attention that they're craving for. Remember, these are children in adults' bodies. Yes. They never got the attention from their parents. Or the validation, right? Or the validation. Yeah. Um, And, uh, you know, (laughs) you're so describing my ex. Um, The other thing that goes along with that is, of course, denial. And they utterly and truly do not know what the hell you're talking about. In their denial, they're completely honest because they just don't see it. From, from your point no. of view, they only see it from theirs. And that denial is, is absolutely, you can show them a video of a particular thing they've done. That's not me. That's not me. <laughs> no, no. It's that massive defense mechanism. Remember, nobody can penetrate that. They will do. They will do anything that they can so that you do not penetrate and that you do not know their real, their, their real them. This is heavily guarded. They guard it with their life. Now, That's why these... Sorry, that, I was just going to say that's why these behaviours are so ingrained. Right, exactly. So ingrained. And, you know, it's not for you to fix them. You know, everybody has to step up and do that themselves. But first and foremost, yes. they actually have to understand they have a problem. And because of that denial, they will never acknowledge that problem, you know. Until no, some, they won't. You know, unless a cosmic two-by-four comes along, and they do. But, you know, that's their journey. Uh, you yes. cannot, you know, um, as a nurturer, which I am, you know, uh, yes, we're, we're not too. there. <laughs> We're not there to fix people, right? And uh, you no. know, um, and I think somebody like a narcissistic person will actually even prey even more on somebody who is a nurturer because they're getting that nurture they yes. didn't get as a child. And we yes. want to kind of fix them and make them feel whole, but it's always going to be at your expense, always. Absolutely, absolutely. You you can't. The thing is, you can't fix them. You can't fix anybody. That they have to, like you said, they have to go on their own journey, and you are on your own journey too. Mm-hmm. You cannot fix. It doesn't. It doesn't work. How can a relationship like that work? Right. You can't. You have to look after yourself too, because you're because you're just as important in this relationship as, say, for example, the narcissist as well. But that's what the narcissist does. You're absolutely right. They will prey on people who will nurture them, who will give them um, this. It, it, 
again, it goes back, it stems back from childhood where their own mother or father weren't able to give them that. But then why is it your job to do that? Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, within all of us, you know, we don't have to be narcissistic to have something within us we're trying to feed. And, you know, but, you know, sometimes as a nurturer, you think if I feed them, I'm feeding myself because there's that mirror back, right? And uh, then a narcissistic person will suddenly feel flawed and then start taking it out in you. Now, is this when they step into any one of those other uh, personalities? Well, I wouldn't say they step into another one. What happens is they, they um, become overcome with rage. Mm-hmm. And what it is, is, do you remember I just said before that they, they don't like it that they actually need people, but mm-hmm. they do need mm-hmm. people. So they need, they need someone else to be able to keep up this facade, to keep their attention, their needs being met, that, that to be fulfilled. But they, they have something called a narcissistic rage. There's this shame and this guilt and this anger that's bubbling underneath the surface because of this abuse that they suffered as a child and because they're not able to control their own emotions or self-soothe their emotions they then they go ballistic they go absolutely mad and they explode and this is over something so silly like um, not loading the dishwasher correctly or not ironing their shirt correctly Mm -hmm. it will they will just explode And, and you just think well this doesn't really fathom what I just said, but why are you reacting like this? Yeah, that is, the, and that's the thing is that now you're in a relationship with this person where you have no idea what you're going to do is going to trigger them. Yeah. So you are yeah. on the edge all the time, being mindful of what you say and what you do, or, you know, who's just driven in the driveway, which personality. Um, yes. And because, you know, in the beginning, as you said, they're so charming. They can charm them out of anything and you end up forgiving them. Then you get to a point that you're living in fear. There's no more charm anymore. You're just constantly on edge as to who they are, what their reaction is going to be. Some of them will be physical abusers. And a lot of them are the mental abusers. So that's what I got. You know, what I call the brow beating. Just piranhas. Suck the life out of you until there's nothing left. And, yes. and then have absolutely no recollection at all of what they've just done. And they back into that denial. Um, yes. And it's, it's a spiral thing. There is no way out of that. The, you know, no. the only way out of that is to sever ties. Um, because yes. it's yes. going to destroy both of you. And, of course, as we're going to be talking about um, next week and week after, the whole family then ricochets and has a problem. Um, yes. Yes. So being in a relationship with a narcissistic person you owe it not only to yourself, but if you have children, you owe it to your children to get out of it because this is going to be a ripple effect that has no win situation. No, you, you can't. There is no way of sustaining a relationship with somebody with a personality disorder. It's always going to end in tears um, for certainly yourself, probably not the narcissist, because they have this wonderful ability to be able to move on to the next person without any thought or without yes. any care in the world. Um, and that's because they're not able to bond or be able to um, connect to another person. Remember, we talked about how they 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 are they have dysfunctional emotion regulation or dysfunctional emotions um, patterns of behavior. So they they're able to then just they just leave you. You it's it's something called objectification, and they view you as an object. Um, it's very much evident in other 
areas of the way that they they have been in a relationship in their um, characteristic behaviors towards you in a relationship um, so when so leaving you or going with somebody else or even having extramarital affairs is nothing to them because right. you're not serving the purpose so I need to go and have an affair but there obviously there's other theories surrounding this um, why they do go on to have extramarital affairs but the, the main reason is is because um, it's that they have that they don't have that connection where you know as we are, the way that we bond emotionally to our partners or to our friends or to our children, they cannot do that because, remember, that wasn't shown to them or they didn't have that when they were children. So how can they feel something that they never had in the first place? Exactly. And, of course, we're going back to me, myself and I. As long as I'm yeah. getting what I need, what's what the hell's wrong with you? You know, it's uh, yeah. if I give you five minutes attention, you're lucky. You got five minutes of yes. my glorious attention, and uh, yes. and you know, and of course, every now and again they see the warning signs, and they've got to be nice for a while. But it doesn't last long, and it's not true. No. It's not honest no. and true. And the thing is, we're not looking at them as being bad people. It's unfortunately no. it's bad behavior that's been taught right from that dysfunctional family that they grew up in. That now, right. unless they realize they have this issue and are willing to do the work with it, uh, which is the inside job and willing to take that journey. It's fully their responsibility. They're just going to continue to do it uh, because yes. they don't see any other reason to change, right? Um, no, no, that's right. I, I mean, my ex did actually say to me once, I am so sorry, you know, for what I did to you. I realized now what I did because his mother did the same to him. And that was the only wow. time, I, and it was after we'd separated, that I, I got a recognition of what he did wow. and I and you know I take that because that's the one and only time you know and yes and you know today we we are 17 years apart or 17 and a half years apart and uh, yet we you know any functions that we need to do as a family we're having one this coming week Chinese New Year because he's Chinese getting together it's uh you know there's so much wow. distance now between us it's just like he's the father of my children and there is no connection yes. but at one time yes. in my life I was so under that umbrella of fear and control and I lost all sense of who I was what I stood yes. for I literally died in my relationship and yes. and it was a long struggle to come back out and um and and it was all about control. That's another thing about narcissists, isn't it? Yes. They have to control you. And the moment you take yes. control of your own life, they're up in the arms or they've lost interest. Yes, that's right. They will go. They will go elsewhere. And that's a very huge characteristic of theirs. It's about having control, dominance and manipulation. And this, the reason why they do this is because they need to have total control and they have to know what's going on in their environment. So the reason why they control you is so that, so that they are not caught off guard. It's about knowing what's going to happen next. They're very, if you think about it, they're very methodical. They have mm. to have that. This is, this is what their life depends on. So you're never going to win. And in terms of that, um, power struggle you're never going to win against a narcissist because they have they have different motivating factors than you do i mean they've been doing this for like the whole of their life right um, and you come into this relationship you know and do this for the last few years you're not it's never going you're never going to match up you're, you're going to yeah. lose that all the time um and so their manipulation they manipulate people they manipulate situations um with all of that comes the lying as well they never yeah. pathological liars um 
I guess it's very difficult to sustain this type of a, again, really difficult to sustain this type of a relationship because how can you when there is no foundation and it's built on this illusion and on these make-believe and that's what it is. It's You're living in this kind of like a movie. You, you, it's, it's not you and and like, you know, when you asked me about what are the warning signs, these are it. These are the warning. I mean, yeah. at the beginning, it's so wonderful. It's You're just like, oh, they are my soulmate. This is just amazing. But cracks do appear because at the end of the day, they've got to remember what lie they have told right. to who. <laughs> oh, boy, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's tough. I mean, yeah. these are not some magicians. Yeah. It's it's tough to try and remember what lie you've told and what you've said. Um and you will start to question. You will. There's always, I guess, when you're in a relationship with a narcissist or a sociopath or a, or a psychopath, there's always this uneasy feeling that something is wrong, something is not right, something's happening. And and I guess this is your your um, intuition telling you, like, hello, you need to listen. That there's there's something going on here. And sometimes you will do the check. Sometimes you will uncover things. But, you know, you're always you're always you're yourself in this denial thinking, well, I I don't want to accept it because I really love them. They they can't be nice one moment and then do this. to me. That's not right. I know. That's But then you kind of look at, oh, well, what am I doing wrong to bring out that behavior? And you take on the blame. It yes. must be something within me that I'm doing wrong. I'm not sufficient yes. for them. I'm the one triggering them. And it all yes. and that's and they're going to feed that. They're very happy to tell you, yes, it's all your fault. They cannot take accountability. They cannot. No, no they they never will because no. it's not their fault. It's those defense mechanisms. Yeah. Okay, let's go on to sociopath. Yes. So, sociopath, um, they are, do you know, they're very, um, very similar to a narcissistic personality disorder. However, with them, as in the, the word that the kind of like the, the name suggests, socio, um, it's very much a social way, um, a social kind of dysfunction of being. So um, sociopaths use, like narcissists, uh, deceit and manipulation on, on a regular basis because lying for the sake of lying they get they they get what they need to get out of it um they exhibit a real lack of empathy as with the narcissist as well um they they don't really have this kind of emotional meaning of their inner self and um they 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 just they cannot connect on an emotional level to you even though they again they mimic these behaviors but there's this real emotional disconnect from them um showing a lack of remorse um, or shame remember it's the it's those again it's those huge defense mechanisms where they are pushing all of this blame and guilt onto you um that you know i'll give you an example like a sociopath say for example they were in a car accident um they don't feel any anxiety after after the the event they don't feel any blame that it was their fault or anything like that they are completely disconnected um they are very impulsive they're extremely impulsive people um they will bounce from idea to idea um i probably wouldn't say that they're just somebody like somebody who has um adhd but 
it will be evident how um, impulsive they are. Oh, let's go and spend lots of money on this. Or it's very much kind of like spur on the moment. And it, it's very irresponsible uh, behavior, you know, for example, like with, with finances or, or um, responsibilities or obligations that they may have. Um, sociopaths have very few friends as well, if at all any. They try to shy away um, because, again, they don't want their true self or their true identity to be uncovered. Um, they, if they do have friends, it's on a superficial level. Um, and it's only by association that they have friends. Um, like with the narcissist, they can be very charming or very seductive. But again, this is on a superficial level. Um, and with them, it's all um, also another characteristic. It's all about living by the pleasure principle. It's it's a it's um, it's good to um, be able to avoid consequences, and it's just all about satisfying my inner needs, um, living life in the fast lane, um, but they're not able to sustain that. It's very, it's very impulse, impulse driven, which is, I guess that's the difference between the narcissist and the sociopath is the impulsivity. But most of the characteristics are similar. And I meant at the beginning, you know, where I said that personality disorders as like an umbrella term, there isn't very much difference in between all of between all of the classifications. Um, with um, you know, a sociopath, as you said, they they've got the personality thing. But would you say they're more the people that are, they're into opulence or into or into the porn or into the drugs, into the excess of life? I would say so. Yes, I would say so. Yes, but I wouldn't omit the narcissists or the psychopaths from that category either. Um, this this is where. This is where the, the, the boundaries of all the classifications kind of blur. Because remember, this is about um, not feeling reality, living in this fantasy world of theirs. Um, they, they, it's about breaking rules and laws because they don't they don't believe in society's rules. They they show disregard for societal norms. Would you say that that you know somebody that uh, becomes a killer, um, you know, maybe killing for the pleasure or just killing because? Um, they can would fit into that category killing would fit into that category yes it's very much for them uh, for people with this type of uh, personality disorder it's about um, the actual act of um, the chase um, the the research on that person that they're going to kill um, it could be uh, it could be the um, impulsivity part of it as well if, if that person had got in their way they won't think twice about killing them remember because of the low levels of empathy so i guess it's twofold i mean there's there's a lot that goes that goes into that it's 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 either the way that they research or they they um they want to um it's the chase that's what i'm trying to say mm. it's the chase of the trying thrill. to find some the thrill that's mm. it or it could be the impulsivity that someone stood in their way that's it let's eliminate them yeah, I've I've seen quite a lot of that behaviour in my life, and especially when I lived in Johannesburg in South Africa. Um, yes. You know, you see a guy sitting at a table at a restaurant, and, you know, along would come this group of people. Uh, that's my table. I'm eating, mate. Yeah. Well, pick them up and throw them through the window or throw them down the stairs, you know, and, and then yes. just casually sit at that table as if there's absolutely zero consequence to it. Yes, 
this is this is the they have like this specific loss of insight right and and um interpersonal um relations with other people they they're just it and there's the the societal norms they just have no respect for that they they don't care no it's connection. about them they're the most important right yeah. so would you say they're perhaps a little more deadly than the narcissistic person because a narcissistic person is looking for that love and approval and a psychopath really doesn't care about that as long as they approve of what they're doing I would say, do you know what? But even even if you were to double cross a narcissist, they would go to those extremes right. too. So I guess I wouldn't say that it's just I wouldn't just um, you know, isolate the um, sociopath and say yes, they would kill like a psychopath would kill. But because you know, if we look at the characteristics of a sociopath, a psychopath, and a narcissist, and these these have been termed the dark triad. To be honest with you, Sarah, all they capable. are all. They're all capable. It's They're all a question all of uh, which buttons you press, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah right. So right, would, would a right. psychopath be more looking for a relationship where a narcissist is, or they just pretty well have crowds around them, but they're more of a loner? A psychopath is, I would say, it's the most intelligent out of all three of them. Mm. Remember, the narcissism and sociopath and a psychopath it 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 works on a spectrum like with like for example with many other mental health disorders uh like for example autism there's a it's a spectrum disorder mm. so the psychopath i would say they've got a lot more intelligence than maybe the narcissist that's not to say that narcissists are not intelligent yeah. a psychopath would be able to manipulate um that's what they are they're manipulative very charming you're not going to be able to read their emotional responses at, if at all right and that's i mean we know a very we know a very um famous actor who was um a psychopath hannibal lecter in Science of the lambs he came across as a really charming guy like i would yes. sit down and have dinner with him if i didn't know he was a psychopath or that you uh, were the dinner so yeah they come across as really charming and they can they can draw you in. Mm. They draw you in with wit, with intelligence. Maybe not, this is what I meant, this is what I was saying earlier, you know, sometimes a narcissist can be very charming, but with their knowledge, um, but also with their looks. Mm. Um, I'm not saying that psychopaths are all ugly, I know, I'm not saying that, but again, it's it's all about, they're very predatory, and right. so they will do anything to get their prey. If if you have been um, in a relationship with a narcissist or a psychopath or a sociopath, they would have done their research on you. You would have been chosen because of the certain traits that you do have. And how it so serves it, them. Yes, yes, absolutely. At no point absolutely. are they there to serve you. It is all no. about them as an agenda. Yes. So there is the, an agenda relationship. Yes. The, so psychopathic, what's, uh, what's their trait? So a psychopath, like I said, um, they would be very, they're, they're very intelligent in the way that they um, come across. Um, and sometimes, you know, sometimes a psychopath can be um, wrongly diagnosed um, with, with sociopathic uh, personality disorder. But um, a psychopath is, is characterized by persistent, persistent antisocial behavior. Um, they have impaired empathy impaired um, remorse, um, they are disinhibited, and they have very, very high levels of egotistical traits as well. Um, they are different conceptions of psychopathy. Um, again, it works on a spectrum. Um, they, um, 
usually people who are diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder or dissocial personality disorder um, show very high levels of um, psychopathy as well. And so they have this this kind of boldness about them. They have this, um, they have like low fear. They don't fear anything, including stress tolerance. They don't get stressed. Can you believe it? Mm-hmm. They don't get stressed. Um, they One of the have... benefits of it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Um, they have this, they are able to tolerate unfamiliar settings or danger. And they're able to, they're able to kind of sustain it. Um, they have um, high self-importance and very high levels of social assertiveness. Comparing it to a sociopath who doesn't have doesn't have high levels they have low levels of social assertiveness so there's the difference um with a psych with a psychopath you'll have disambition dis i can't say it disinhibition (laughs) which they poor impulse control um including problems with planning or foresight um they have lacking effect and um they're lacking in urge control so the urges that it has to happen now this impulsivity um and they have this demand for immediate gratification. They have to be satisfied there and then. Um, they also have very poor behavioral um, restraints as well. Mm. And this is all correspondent to um, impairments in the frontal lobe of their their neural pathways connection. Their connection in 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 the ways of like being able to con- being able to initiate. Um, control. So this is what I was saying. When the child is has trauma um, and abuse in childhood, this is where the neural pathways haven't formed correctly, and this is why, as they go on into adulthood, they exhibit these types of behaviour. So, and, sorry, good. <laughs> no, it just um, is everything relating back to childhood, or can people? I mean, we know that uh, ancestral DNA is very much you know within our uh, a human print but also in our, our spiritual print can people actually be born with these tendencies right from the word go and no matter what nurturing they get growing up that's the path they're going to end up taking do you know this is this is that long long um kind of um <laughs> argued that's the word i was like argued nature versus nurture uh-huh. i mean i i guess it's a little bit of everything i think for me i mean the way that i understand it i think it's all very much nurture i think it's all, i think it's very much behavioral however i do know that there are genetic compositions um where people are more predisposed to having these types of personality um characteristics i don't know whether whether all of this can be explained by genetics i certainly believe that there is a spiritual element to this um i would love to explore this further um so i have very limited knowledge on this but i believe to be honest with you sarah i believe that this is very much um a question of nurture Mm. um very much a question of nurture and early childhood um environments I, I or you know it's, it's to do I think a lot of mental health disorders do begin in childhood do begin with this rejection of love really to be honest with you it's it's a it's a rejection of love that's the way I kind of see it I mean even if we look at depression or anxiety or schizophrenia um, it's very much 
rejection. But I mean, if we look at things like autism, this is or learning um, difficulties. That's very. I, I believe that's that's very much genetic based rather than it being um, uh, be- behaviors or, or or product of their environment. To right. be honest. So we're looking at society today. And really, when you're looking at the ratio, there's more dysfunctional families than there are yes. functional ones. Um, I think it's really only in the last last generation that we're really looking at where we understand love is so important yes. and the giving of love. And, and the love coming from the dads, you know, especially now yes. with millennia, we're seeing dads be more interactive with love and not like got to toughen them up, you know. Um, yes. And I think we're, you know, certainly that tide is turning there. But um, I don't think any any one of us has got away scathed free from some sort of trauma in our you know in our childhood, yes. whether it is abuse, whether it's the sexual abuse, whether it's just neglect, or whether it's just that you know never. I always say uh, living up to society's and family's expectation. You know, we put expectation on our children. You must be, uh, you will only be loved if you reach this goal. You know, we do that. And yes. that is a form of abuse, isn't it? Because when, instead yes. of embracing what the child has to give and nurturing that, uh, we now put expectations upon the child that they strive to fulfill. And because they can't, because it's not their path, it's not what they're here to do, you know, end yes. up feeling inadequate and feeling that they're not loved unless they achieve something. So we've got to be very mindful because in a sense, it's not abuse where you think you're harming your child but you are harming your child in them trying to have them live up to an expectation that they cannot fulfill absolutely I mean um, I was just going to say as you were saying that I mean there is this I see in society um, that there is this big disconnect between our emotional side um, and and say for example our functional side we i think that as a as a whole i think we are beginning to learn about our emotions and our emotional side and what love is and what love actually gives i mean that understanding and it's about like you say i mean carl rogers was talking about this in the 60s about unconditional positive regard or unconditional love there shouldn't be conditions on the way that your child performs. However, I do understand that you need to, you do need to be able to give them boundaries, but you can do this in a loving way. There is a way around this where they, I think for the child and and for families, certainly it's about having that strong foundation. It's about showing them how to bond and have that connection with one another that I'll love you no matter what you do. I'm not saying you'll love them, even though they'll go and beat the kid up down road. Right. Because it shouldn't get to that point that I I don't accept violence at all, but it's about having that unconditional regards. It's, it's fine if you get, if you don't get an A in, in your class mathematics test, it does it's fine if you've got a C as you've tried or you've done the best that you can. And it's about it's it's kind of along it it's kind of giving that message that, you know what, if you've given your best, then I will support you. And if you don't understand it, that's okay. I can help you. And I guess that's where, like I was saying, there's that disconnect between love and that real emotional side. Um, that I think that we as a society on a whole, we need to be able to connect with our heart, with our soul and, and, and love because love is highest vibration. It's the most amazing feeling that you can ever feel. 
And why should we deny ourselves of that? Yes, you know, and, and who along the way told us that we're unworthy of it? Because that certainly has been yeah. a trend that's come from church, has come from, you know, society, you're yes. unworthy of love. And, you know, the other yes. thing you were talking about, boundaries. You know, I have three grown-up yes. children, and believe me, all my grey hairs have got their names on it. They, you know, <laughs> But, you know, it would be uh, when they did something wrong, I could reprimand them as a parent and disapprove of their action. But that yes. never, ever made them feel I didn't love them, right? Yes. They got the proverbial right. whack and then it was, okay, what are we going to do about it? And they knew yes. that that love was there. And like, you know, my son witnessed a few deaths that really kind of did something to him for a while. And then he was at a crossroads in life and he said it was my love for him. And his respect and value of that love that stopped him going yes. down a path of of no return. And it's that yes. this is the thing we we have to we're custodians of our children, and we're going yes. to we're going to let go of them uh, much earlier than we used to. The yes. point is, is what we're here to do is is put in their life's backpack all the knowledge and all the the morals, all the boundaries, all the yes. love we can for them to take with them on their journey. And That's right. That's so beautifully put, actually. So, you know, unfortunately, like in the case in America, they send their kids to school and the next thing you know, they're dead. We're in a place that mm-hmm. they should be protected. And then, of course, it's the, it's the fight against, you know, the rights to hold arms. When do we bring common sense into it? And I think what we're seeing now is a massive change there where enough was enough. And yes. the march is happening just as it did with, you know, the, the women's movement and um, misogyny and everything else. Enough is enough. And this is the year of action where we need to step up and say we, we will not accept this behavior. Because the only way we're going to change the behavior is changing the behavior towards your children. Yes. Um, that are our next generation, our next generation of leaders. Don't try and change the behavior of the people that are in power that are narcissistic right yes. now. Forget about yes. that. But what no. you have to do is that you have to remove them uh, yes. because they don't have a conscience. When you see no. what some people do to to life, to animals, to each other, there is yeah. no consciousness there. For whatever reason, there is no consciousness that you're not going to be able to change that. That is their life's journey. Something's going to make them change it or not in this lifetime, right? Yes, that's so true. So we're up against a lot right now when we look at the world and we see so much, you know, narcissism and, and, uh, you know, psychopathic and, and, you know, the whole tutti-frutti. Um, and as you said, the, you know, the, the three dark sides, which are very integrated with each other and their personalities, mm. is basically the warning sign is just don't get involved with these people in the first place. Do you think yes. that may have them finally wake up that they need to do something for themselves or just think it's closed doors? No, I don't think it's closed doors. I think that if, if we're able to educate ourselves about this because do you know what to be honest with you if you ask anybody what what's the characteristics of a psychopath or what can you define what a narcissist is like i mean for example the 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 common answer is oh yes it's someone who stares in the mirror for such a long time and and of course it's not like i mean yes it is just like literally one percent of the characteristics but what i'm trying to say is that people don't really know 
what what it what it is and what's happening and and this is what I'm trying to do I'm trying to wear uh, raise a much as much awareness as I can so that, so that I can educate and I can't and I can empower people um to understand what this is like I mean what is going on and it's about giving these people uh, um, unconditional positive regard to be able to so, so that people can understand what's going on and to be able to kind of save themselves so much heartache and um, so much pain going forward in their life. Would it be again those boundaries and a rewarding of, of behavior? Like when you step into love, my love is there for you. Uh, or pour you with that love and that feed you. When you step outside of that, my love is taken away. I mean, how do you, you know, reward or not reward certain behaviors because as you said they're so disconnected it's about loving you first I mean Mm. who says that you're not important in this it's about having that balance it's about knowing where to and it is about boundaries boundaries means it's your protection I'm going to stick up for myself if Mm. you don't protect yourself who's going to do that and that's why people end up in these relationships where they pour out this love. You are, you begin to be this empty shell because you're because they just take, 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 yeah. and you give, give, give. And a relationship's about giving and taking, isn't it? And and I think that's where we need to, like I said, we need to educate people about what this dark triad is, what these personality disorders are about. Because let's face it, they walk freely among us in society. And the thing is, not in some mental health institution. They're out there walking and empower, um, walking around, yeah, and empower and empower. Yes, because we have put them there. Right. So. And they're drawn it's, to each other too, aren't they? A narcissistic yes, they or a psychopath, you know, they're all drawn yes. to each because, as you said, they're part of that triad. They understand each other. They understand, yes. you know, by grouping together, they're going to be more powerful and there's more denial. Yes. And, uh, yes. you know, I mean, right now is, you know, NRA, you know, the gun control thing in America. There is, yes. you know, they're filled of narcissistic or psychopathic. They, Absolutely. They have, Absolutely. Ab- it's the bottom interest is their bottom dollar. And I think that's another thing yes. about a narcissistic or any of these three um, personalities. It's all about um, money is power, isn't it? Yes, for them, it's very much a big reward because um, with money for them brings freedom and freedom to do whatever they want to do, whether it's it bene- it, it, it's ultimately to benefit them. And that's what it is. Whenever you look at the, the premise of all of these personality disorders, it's about me, me, me. It doesn't matter about you. As long as I'm getting the love from you, stuff you. I don't care about you. Exactly. About, yeah. yeah, and it's about attention. It is about attention. And it's like what... Um, these kind of coined words i mean these are not psychological terms but these are these are kind of like these um terms that are going around on the web about like narcissistic supply and what they are meaning is about this validation that they want this attention this admiration because like i said they never got this in childhood so they they crave this they crave this they're looking for it as long as somebody can give them attention they it it doesn't matter about anybody else right so if you're a person that I always used to say, and you know, I'm a woman of service, um, you know, that's what I was yes. born to do, but I became um, a, a sacrificial 
you know, yes. um, servitude, yes. not service. And as you yes. said, um, you know, in the piranha relationship where they suck the life out of you and my yes. illnesses actually came about from that, um, yes. which led into a disease. And this is something we don't pay attention to, is it? We think it's all no. mine, but we forget this now has a ricochet effect through your body. And we yes. know cancer is an 80% uh, disease related. Um, you know, so many other ones are, are as well. Yes. And yes, we yes. don't realize that, that we're allowing that emotion to destroy yes. our own body. So there's so yes. many reasons that we have to place ourselves first and be a little narcissistic ourselves, I suppose, in some Absolutely. ways. Absolutely. Again, it's about having boundaries. It is about having boundaries and what you're willing to accept and what you're not. It's about having a voice and being able to know that's okay. But, you know, this is why they're called toxic relationships, mm. because being with any one of those, do you know what? you're actually killing yourself. You're actually dying when you are with these people. Because what happens is when your body or when, um, when yes, when your body is experiencing high levels of trauma, of stress, um, your body produces a, a hormone called cortisol. Mm. And the thing is, when you have high levels of cortisol running through um, your blood, uh, in through your veins, through your blood veins, um, it, what it does is it attaches itself into um, the weaker parts of your body and it attacks. And this is why people become um, very unwell because they then have um, adrenal um, dysfunction. Um, they, are, they feel high levels of anxiety. Um, with adrenal dysfunction, there are so many um, problems, which is digestion problems. Um, what else is there? There's... Um, I know that um, there's you can become you have like these um, inadequate production or of hormones, fatigue, high levels of fatigue. Um, you've got unexplained uh, weight gain or weight loss. You've got low blood pressure. You can have loss of hair, skin discoloration, and you know, and the list the list goes on. I'm not going to go into it, but there is so many so many things that happens. Um, this is just with adrenal. Um, fatigue right, right. there's 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 lots more other things that this can develop into um you know people develop uh depression as well and 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 all sorts of other mental health disorders but also physical disorders as well it's funny because i've i've spoken with a lot of a lot of survivors of narcissistic abuse in particular and they've written to me and they've said well or they've spoken with me or they say well how come i've become so much better i i've lost so much weight mm-hmm. and and i've 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 i don't have this illness anymore it's because of these heightened levels of cortisol that your that your body produces um, in order to be able to survive. Because you're, when you're with a person with this type of personality disorder, you're in survival mode. That's not healthy. You're just surviving. You're not living life. Now think about what that's doing to your mental health, your spiritual health as well. Oh, total disconnect of the soul. And, you know, one of the things we haven't addressed here, but this is what post-traumatic stress disorder is. And, you know, people think, you know, that it's only to do with our soldiers. No, Um, I certainly do have it. And pretty well, except for maybe one or two things you just mentioned, is what I have. And it came from this relationship, a total breakdown of body. And it just was the journey, right? And Mm. it doesn't matter how much you come back from it there's still always 
that post-traumatic yes. stress there where, you know, there's certain things that raise a flag and you become a lot yes. more sensitive and you actually find that you cannot be around people the same way as you were before because, you yes. you know, that sensitivity level of you is, um, you know, it has a parameter. And, uh, yes. um, and it is hard to come back from, but at the same time we can. But it's uh, you can. yes, but it's 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 understanding because you know when I came out of that relationship, I went into another relationship that wasn't detrimental narcissistic in the sense that it was you know the browbeat, but it was still all mm. about you know um, that person and yes. you know and basically only what I could do for that person. So you know it's gain. It's I didn't realize I still had more work to do on me. You know, by Goodness, play, yes, by raising yes. my own vibration, by raising my own frequency, that yes. my own boundary, that if you wish to interact with me, you must be on this vibration. I'm not going to stoop any lower. Um, yes. And, you know, when we're talking about that piranha narcissistic behavior, they're not going to go to the people that are at that certain boundary of vibration, yes, are not. they? Because they no, know they can't no, manipulate no. them. That's right. Right. It's about, like we always say, it's about boundaries. It's yes. about what you accept and what you don't. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're going to have people around them that are yes people, butt kissing people, what can I do for you, master oh, type people. Enablers. Enablers. Yes. And, of course, if, yes. you, if you've raised your vibration and you're just not going to resonate on that, um, they're, not going to, they're not going to be anywhere no. near you. So no, no. It's, um, it's about that kind of prahana, prahana, prahana behavior. But it's, yes. it's also about us placing love mm. and value on ourselves because when we learn to love ourselves for who we are flaws yes. and all right all the cracks yes, and right. crumbling and all and we resonate that energy that loving energy out to other people we're now going to attract you talked about mirroring yes. before well we're yes. going to now mirror people who are of that same vibration looking for Correct. that same love frequency and so yes. we can step into a relationship or a love of life or a love of love again in trust in faith in belief if we're willing to raise that vibration which means we've got to find that love within us first yes yes and it's not always easy it's no. not easy but it is achievable and it means that there is a lot of work that needs to be done and you know with stuff like this you could even change your past conditioning you know because sometimes you know, it is, it is, um, not all of us have had this wonderful childhood where we got through life and it's been just so wonderful and, and, you know, it's all like the Walton family. It's not. There's always going to be something. Yes. But it's about, do you know what? It's about forgiving yourself. Do you know, you didn't know any better. Exactly. You were a child. And it's about loving who you are and who, who you, who you are, who you are in society and into the world. And, but it's about appreciating that as well. And you're absolutely right. And if you if you do give yourself that positive regard and that love, then you're 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 vibrating already on a higher um, frequency. And so, if you're vibrating on that higher frequency, you're going to attract people like that into your life. I mean, I certainly can say that that happened for me. I mean, I've I've met so many wonderful people um, in my life now. I feel so. I feel absolutely wonderful. You know, there are still things that I need to work on, but it does work. It's about how you feel about yourself, your confidence, your self-esteem. And you certainly don't have to. Be, it's not about image. It's not about how much money you have. Yeah. It is about how you feel because that can all come. These are all superficial things that can come later and you can have anything you want. But it is about 
inner enrichment, inner abundance, right? You know, the cup runneth over. And it's uh, if you want true wealth of life, you'll find it within you. It is not something you have. It's something you are. Yes. Yes. And that is the higher level of living life, really, isn't it? Yeah. It it is about that. And so sometimes, you know, so when you do attract these um, emotional vampires into your life, I mean, these are dark energies that are just feeding off your light. So yes. you you can never vibrate on a high level if you have these dark energies around you. you right. You, you, uh, you nor, will you, nor will you ever see the light. You know, this is where no. if you are with, you know, any one of these three dark triads here, um, you know, at some point you have to realize they are not going to take any responsibility for what they do because they're no. incapable of doing so. You have to fight for your own life. And it took me eight years yes. to fight for my own life, literally oh, crawling out of the darkness into the light. But eventually I could say to him, every time he raised that, that voice, please take it up with your mirror. It's the only one that's interested. And, you know, when he actually said to me, you know, um, I've lost my control over you. And I said, yes, I am finally free. Um, And I could then walk away. But even the walking away had to happen in stages because of behavior. Um, You do have to be careful with a narcissistic or any one of these triads because of retaliation. So, you know, it's don't do a knee-jerk thing. Don't do it in revenge. It has to be something where you have to now be methodical on your exit and on your protective exit and how you're going to do it in a way that that transition can happen. Because really what you want to do is push them away out of your life so that they don't want to be there anymore and if you have raised your vibration and you can't be controlled anymore they're going to find a way to exit anyway yes they will they will um absolutely i mean it is it is a stage process trying to leave Mm -hmm. um sometimes that when if they get bored of you then they will run off themselves but in particular circumstances you know they do come back i think I can honestly say that if you have an, if you have a narcissist or if you've ever had a narcissist in your life, you've got them for life. Um, they will always be watching. They will always wanting to know what's going on. And the thing is, if you haven't done that inner work on yourself or if you haven't raised your vibration, then they will come back because they know that you're weak and that they can manipulate and control you again. Right. And, so yeah. they will come back. As I said, 17 and a half years since I uh, left my husband and it took two years for him to go. We separated in the house, two years for him to go. And then eventually I said, really time to move on. You already was in another relationship. Um, so he said, what, why are you, what are you doing here? And it was okay because he was ready now at that point to do so. That's what I'm saying about, you yeah. know, the step by step. And as I said, you know, we have a daughter getting married this year. We're going to obviously be at the engagement wow. parties and I'm going to see him this next Sunday for Chinese New Year, which we do two families together. And he knows he has absolute zero control over me anymore. So he actually doesn't really pay me any attention at all. Oh, that's wonderful. That's so good. You've 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 managed to crack it. Yeah, that's what you've done. You've managed to crack it. And and yes, it's about not being able to control, manipulate, because what it is with them is they see you as their property. So they can yes. treat you however they want to, whether you, they're nice to you or they're horrible to you. You're still their property. But if you don't show that, if you don't give them that control, like if you don't give them that ability to be able to do that, then you're free. They're not going to be interested in you right. because they they know that you've seen through them right they know what they're trying to, they they know that you know what they're trying to do nothing and they, they say nothing they can do will have an effect on you because you yes. have risen it yes 
and they feed on our emotions. Yes. They love it, whether they've got the, a positive response or a negative response from you. They will still love it because they're initiating um, an emotional response from you. And that's what they live for. They love it. It made an impact on you in some way, whether good or bad. Exactly. Um, I've just finished watching a TV series on Netflix called uh, Dirk Gently. And it's a really bizarre, wacky type thing. But it's all about everything is connected. And it's, you Mm. know, the universe sending these particular people down to solve a particular case and uh, never know what the leads are because it's always waiting for something to happen that will then lead to something else happening with the people that makes it happen. But there are these characters that are energy suckers, but what they suck on is fear and pain. Yes. Right? And so every time there's somebody with this pain, or they can suck it out of them. Well, what we have with uh, a narcissistic or any one of these three pack, they will suck out the joy, the love from you, right? Yes. So it's understanding that you are their food. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Stop putting yourself on the dinner plate. <laughs> yes. They are. You've got to look at them as vampires. Yes. So every you know, they've they've got their jaws sucked into your net mm-hmm. and they are feeding off you. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. Yeah. Because it's all about emotional response. Remember, they don't have emotions. So they need to be able to mimic you, don't they? They need to be able to have something. So they're gonna get it off you. So you're basically trying to feed yourself, so to speak, and them. Yes. Um, And somewhere along the line, your tank's going to run out and that's when things start breaking down. And, you know, the thing is about narcissistic people, they can be really nice people. When they're not stuck to that narcissism, um, you know, they're actually really great people to be around in a short time period. And especially if it's not where they need something from you or you're unwilling to give it. So you can still enjoy their behavior. Just don't get involved with them. Right, yes. because yes. you will pay the price, and it's sad yes. because there's a lot of great people out there with these three behaviors. Um, but unless they're willing to acknowledge that and do the work themselves to healing themselves, there is nothing you can do. No, there isn't, and there is, uh, there isn't, and it's so sad because you're right. Uh, and the thing is, you can. It, they're basically like children in adults bodies and you know sometimes they are really lovely people and they can do really lovely things yes. what is what is genuine and what it's not what is the illusion and what is the reality You're right there's a thin line between the yeah. two of them most of the time they live in this fantasy world of theirs and remember they see life differently to how you do right so whether you know most of them are living in an illusion most of them it is the act it's about it's about who they want you to see they're never going to disclose their dysfunctions and this is why therapy um with not with this dark triad not just narcissists it's very difficult to initiate because these defense mechanisms are so ingrained yeah. for so long and it's really hard for them to show this vulnerable side of them. Um, because, again, they are going to try and protect this at all costs. And it's very hard to penetrate these defense mechanisms because they have been doing this since childhood. Remember, they want you to like them. But in you liking them and in certainly on loving them, it comes at a cost of your own mental health well-being, your own physical well-being, but also your spiritual well-being as well. You can't... You, you can't actually be in a happy relationship or a successful relationship with someone who has 
um, a cluster B personality disorder or any personality disorder because there's too much at stake. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing is, is why didn't they love me? Don't take it personally. They actually, at one uh, moment when they said they loved you, they believed it in that moment. In that it's moment. In that moment. It's just the next moment they may believe something else. That is not your, yeah. that is not what you've incited in them. And if you look to a narcissistic person to love you and while you have failed because they don't love you, let go of that one immediately. Um, because as in any relationship, first and foremost, you must love yourself. But if a narcissistic person actually says in a moment, I love you, it's either, it's, it's either pre-planned or they maybe mean it in that moment, but there's that long-term sustainability in there because it's, they're incapable of doing it. Don't take it personally. It's nothing that you did. It's just something they are. But it's their idea of love. Remember mm-hmm. we talked about that they cannot connect and they right. cannot bond. They can't attach to another person in a healthy way. It's their idea of love. It's what they think love is. And, and I, I can't even tell you what that is because I don't know myself. It's, it's, a, it's a dysfunctional idea of love. I mean, it's not going to be the way that we understand it. But like you said, it is about loving you first. It's about understanding what your needs are. Um, in this type of relationship Um, and very much so for the narcissist it's very much the illusion self so whether they say they love you or they don't um, it's it's actually um, irrelevant it's about whether you love yourself yes bottom line good one to exit with is is yes comes back down to you loving yourself. And a lot of people, isn't that a narcissistic behavior? No, it's about you no. pouring love within your very poor, you know, source, soul and, and cellular structure of yourself. Because when yes. you are in that love, not only do you raise your vibration, not only are those boundaries out there, but now you actually run off over and you send that love to everyone else who also needs it. So it is yes. imperative that you find your love because the love they have for themselves isn't the kind of love we're talking about no no and i think also we need in in that phrase we should think about our it's about acceptance as well it's Mm. about acceptance of us of ourselves and when we accept who we are we love who we are exactly and you know acceptance of self is you on your own level not what somebody else wants of us no that's right absolutely and that's actually a really hard lesson to learn because we're always trying to live up to everybody else's expectations please understand they're their expectations of actually their own life they're imposing upon you the expectation of your own life must be i need to step into my own joy my own heart my own soul my own meaningful purpose and that's where you will find your love right Yes, that's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hit the nail on the head there. <laughs> okay, my dear. So we, we're going you. to be back in a couple of weeks' time with Sarah because yes. next week is Sarah yes. on, on children in trauma relationships yes. like this. And how yes, it, yes. You know, what we're doing is that whole cycle, isn't it? The, the narcissistic child, you know, is, it stems yeah. from the way they're brought up in the home. So you know, we'll be talking about the children we do for them. You'll be back in a couple of weeks where we'll have the both of you yes. on where we'll then take what we can actually do about it in society, in our own lives, how to empower ourselves. But would you oh, let everybody good. know now, how they can get hold of you, your site. You've got a podcast of your own. Let everybody know what that is, please, love. 
Okay, thank you so much, Sarah. So, yeah, so my so um, my uh, brand is called Balanced Psychologies, and it's uh, it's called Let the Journey to Recovery Begin. And basically, um, I am a Chinese psychologist that I specialize in narcissistic, psychopathic, and sociopathic relationships. I do have my own YouTube channel, which I would love it if you were to um, come along and have a look um, and explore my channel on YouTube, which is called which is called um, Balance Psychologies. I also have a blog as well, which you can access from my website, which I regularly do write. And I write about all sorts of things to do with narcissism and how healing um, is really important. And I also have a podcast, which I'm actually starting a new series called New Beginnings. And that's basically about where I talk about um, how to heal from this cycle of abuse. And I basically give um, insights and empower powering messages to be able to be able to help you to move forward um and i do run courses and you can of course book online um with me i've got a lot of things um in the pipeline i am hoping to even um maybe at the end of this year run retreats as well but i do hope that you do check out my website at www.balancepsychologies.com my details are actually all on um the Sarah's um, self-discovery radio um, website, which I'm sure that there is a link to that. Yes, uh, um, just the, the their story matters genre. All they have to do is just put in your name, Anushka, oh, and, then, and then that will come up. Or even just you know put in narcissism, your show will come up. Um, Brilliant. So, yes, yeah, so you can access my details from there. I really invite you to come and have a look at my website and also um, my YouTube channel. Excellent. And this is the thing, folks. You know, is we're in the dark about this. We're not quite sure how to understand it or how to recognize it. And, you know, it's, um, and what can we do about it? This is what causes a lot of that trauma and stress in our bodies because we just don't know what the answers are. And, uh, yeah. you know, this is why we bring you these shows is to help you understand what the answers are. So please go to her YouTube, please go to her podcast because she really goes more into detail on uh, what they are, what we can do about it. Come and join us next week for, with Sarah, where we're going to be talking about all of this from a child's perspective, how to stop the narcissism from happening by nurturing and loving our children right from the word go and then back in two weeks with uh, Anushka and Sarah where we'll then be talking about the wholeness of it and what we can do about it so thank you so much for being with us here today Anushka thank you so much Sarah I've really enjoyed it thank you and I hope that we've taught you a lot here, folks. So, you know, this is something that perhaps you should play with a family or with friends and uh, have an open discussion afterwards. Remember, it's not about judgment or persecution. It's about understanding and yes. first and foremost, loving yourself. That if you really want the cure to everything, it's love within yourself. Set it free. Until next time, folks. Bye for now.